Good morning. It is so good to see you all in worship and those of you who are joining us online. We are grateful that on this sunny day in June that we get to be together in God's house. My name is Taylor Pride Barefoot and I'm one of the pastors here and I am joined up front with my friend and colleague, Nathan Arledge. It is good to be here and I love what you said, we get to be here. And that's the joy of being in church together, that's the joy of being the body of Christ, is that we get to do this together, that we journey together in our faith. So if you're visiting with us online or if you're visiting with us here, or if you've been here for so many times, we know, you know that there is a pew pad. We'd love to collect your information, that way we can continue to grow together and we get to do this Christian journey as one. You'll find lots of ways to stay engaged and plugged in with through our bulletin and this week at Myers Park. Please find something that speaks to your heart and respond to it by putting yourself into action. Now let's continue to worship God.
continue to joyfully worship together as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which can be found on 881 of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Last week at annual conference, our very own Pastor Taylor was commissioned as Full Connection Elder in the United Methodist Church. Uh, this has been a culmination of a 10-plus year journey, but really, in fact, it's been a, an entire life journey. Uh, where she's been affirmed and reaffirmed of her call into the ministry in the life of the United Methodist Church. She received uh, the stole. We're so grateful that we could be part of this journey with her. So I invite you to turn to your bulletin for our celebration of ordination, prayer. Let us pray together. Almighty God, may the grace of ministry rest upon your servant, and may the opportunity to serve lead her into the fullness of your calling. Clothe her with your righteousness, and grant that she may glorify you by giving herself to others through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pastor Taylor, we give thanks for you. May God continue to bless you and lead you in all that you do to love God and to love God's people. Amen. continue to draw our hearts closer to God and draw them closer to one another, let us find in our bulletin the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Holy God, breathe new life into us where there is idleness, inspire growth, 
Where there is distraction, guide us toward you. Where there is bitterness, shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. Hear the good news that God, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Genesis chapter 21, beginning with the eighth verse. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bowshot, for she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So our scripture lesson today is actually a story that starts a couple chapters back in Genesis. This was chapter 21, but in Genesis 16, we are first introduced to this Egyptian slave named Hagar. Hagar is Sarai's maid. Hagar gets brought into this narrative because Sarai is consumed by her own desperation due to her infertility and inability to provide an heir. She has this promise from God to have more descendants than stars in the sky, but so far has nothing to show for it. So in her desperation, Sarai gives Abram, her maid Hagar, to bear a child. For Sarai, her inability to have children brought up a tremendous amount of shame and insecurity. Her worth in that society was tied to her ability to have a child. And she couldn't bear a child, but her maid could. 
Her insecurity and jealousy over Hagar's ability to bear children caused Sarai to turn on Hagar. Sarai treats Hagar horribly, reminding her that she still has power over her. Sarai makes sure that Hagar won't mistake her ability to bear a child as equality and kinship with her. Sarai's abuse toward Hagar is so bad that Hagar chooses to run into the wilderness as a pregnant runaway slave in a foreign land rather than stay in the home of her mistress. Womanist theologian Renita Weems points out that as readers, we can't even begin to attempt to understand the degree of suffering she must have been experiencing to run away. And stories like this are not contained just within Genesis. We know that there are victims of abuse in homes and marriages that have over and over again chosen the wild unknown more than one day of abuse. Hagar, like many, could not take the abuse at the hand of Abram and Sarah any longer. So as Hagar runs into the wilderness, she finds a spring and stops for a drink. And it is there that she encounters God. God tells her of the son she will bear, and that she will have generations of descendants. Now, this is an unexpected development. After all, Genesis is the story of the great patriarch of faith. The covenant promise is supposed to be between God and Abraham. Abraham and Sarah were supposed to be the ancestors of innumerable descendants. Yet this story is about Hagar. This story is not about God comforting an insecure Sarah. This story is about an enslaved woman in the wilderness. God chooses to meet Hagar. It is Hagar, God meets in the wilderness, and God writes this foreign slave woman into the very narrative of God's people. And surprisingly similar to the promise that we have heard before, God tells Hagar that her son will have innumerable descendants. A foreign runaway slave is written into the story of God's people and embraced by God in her most desperate hour. Hagar receives this prophecy from God and responds, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have seen Elroy. We are 16 chapters into Genesis, and this is the first time that we know the name of God. Hagar is the first person in scripture to name God. Hagar is the first person to have seen God so fully that she knows God's name. And the name that Hagar offers us is Elroy, which means the God who sees. She is seen in her pain, her anguish, and her needs. God meeting Hagar in the wilderness does not make Hagar's life any easier. She is still suffering. She is still in pain, but God sees her. 
Anyone who has experienced the gift of feeling seen in their pain knows that this is good news. Because we remember, we remember the widow that says the perfect thing to us when we were in the wake of our partner's death, when everyone else didn't know what to say. Or the nurse who saw you when no one understood how you were feeling in that hospital room. Or the friend who listened to your heartbreak and saw you fully, even in your pain. It means something to be seen. Our God sees us even if our situation doesn't change. God blesses her in this seeing, and Hagar returns to Sarai and Abram. Hagar gives birth to Ishmael, and eventually Sarah, too, gives birth to Isaac. Sarah sees Abraham playing with Ishmael, and she is overcome by fear and greed. And the story replays itself. Because the problem has never been with Hagar, but Sarah's insecurity. And this ultimately leads to Abraham and Sarah banishing Hagar and Ishmael to the wilderness. Once again, Hagar's experience experiences abuse and rejection at the hands of people of God. Even people pursuing God's covenant make mistakes and hurt people. And once again, this is a story known by more than just Hagar. The list of those who have been abused and rejected by the church is long and violent. That we can't be loved unless we repent. That God doesn't choose people like us and some sins just can't be forgiven. We've heard these things. Some of us, too, know what banishment may feel like. And in the case of Hagar, this banishment was a death sentence for Hagar and Ishmael. We are told that Hagar's desperation was so great that she left Ishmael under a tree so that she wouldn't have to watch her little baby boy die. So Hagar finds herself in a place that she is all too familiar with, lost in the wilderness again. We are told that as she leaves him, she cries and a voice greets her in the wilderness. She hears from an angel, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy. And then we are told that the God who sees has helped Hagar see what she needed to survive. God opens her eyes and she sees a well of water. Hagar's needs are met, Ishmael lives, and God blesses and sustains them in the wilderness. Hagar has been abused, afraid, banished, and filled with despair. Her life has taken her to the wilderness, not once, but twice. And this is a place where her tears are met with a God who sees. God's providence for Hagar is an act of solidarity for all those who find themselves wandering in the wilderness. 
those who have been trapped in marriages filled with emotional abuse, belittlement, and isolation, those who suffer under the weight of racial hierarchies, those whose sense of self is not safe to be known, loved, or accepted in their community, anyone who is tired, tired from their grief, their illness, all those in which hope feels far off and unattainable. Generations of people have found comfort and inspiration in the story of Hagar. We worship and love a God who comforts the powerless, the rejected, the outsider. Even as God is working to accomplish something with the insiders, God is taking care of Hagar. This is who our God is. Because at some point or another, we are all lost in the wilderness. When we were unseen, unloved, and unknown, God saw us. God heard our cries in the most desperate hour. God led us to a spring of mercy and sustained us. We have known and tasted the sweet assurance of God's love. God has never left us alone with our tear-soaked prayers. We are holding on to the promise that this is our God, and that promise has brought us into this sanctuary today. For some of us to heal, for all of us to experience God today. Praise be to a God who never, who, that found us in the wilderness and never left us, and that a God that keeps meeting us again and again. Friends, in a little bit, we will share in Holy Communion together. This meal of ordinary bread and ordinary wine will be transformed into a holy meal, just like a regular pool of water was nothing less than the face of God to Hagar. God meets our greatest thirst and our most desperate hunger with the bread of life and the cup of salvation poured out for all. This is a table that is open for all of us. This table is not just for the insiders or those with power. This is a table for all of God's people. No matter where you are in this story or where you are in your faith journey, God sees you. God invites you to this table. Let us allow God to open our eyes and see the feast before us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. O God of grace, you created our minds to grow in wisdom. You created our hearts to expand with love for you and for your world. 
you created our voices to sing your praises at all times and all places. Fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit this day so we may worship you in spirit and in truth, bold and unafraid to follow Jesus, even when challenges confront us. Lord, in your mercy, God of compassion and courage who sees, in our weakness, you are strength. In our sorrow, you are comfort. In our anxiety, you are peace. We thank you for your embracing presence in our lives, especially in times of great difficulty. Today, we ask that you would encircle each situation we lay before you with your steadfast love. Lord, in your mercy, We thank you, O oh Lord, for the moments of joy that break into our lives, for love given and received, for friends who furnish our lives with meaning and happiness, for family who embraces us with love and understanding and see us as we truly are. We pray today for those who cannot feel joy, for those who are estranged from their family, friends, or community, for all of those who feel the stress of making a living, and for anyone who faces losses of all kinds. We pray that you be present with them, that you see them, Lord, in your mercy, God of all the nations, we ask that you would challenge those who govern to be quick to share resources as a generous global partner. May they commit to international efforts to preserve the earth for future generations guide all leaders to set fair policies that protect vulnerable groups and ensure equality and dignity for all of your children, not just some. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Around the world, crises happen, and a lot of times you don't know it, but you're there helping through your gifts to this church. Part of our finances from this offering today goes through United Methodist Church um, and supports places where there's tornadoes, where there's crises of all kinds. UMCOR is there. So in advance of your giving on behalf of all the lives that you'll touch today by your generosity, I'll ask our ushers to come.
Oh God, you have given yourself so freely and fully. Help us who have received your grace to see needs and to give generously in turn so that we may feel the pleasure of giving as well of the joy of receiving. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Friends, this table is open to all. The unseen, the abused, those in power, and those in the wilderness, you are welcome to this table. We will go through the communion liturgy following the sung responses. Uh, at the end of those, the ushers will invite you forward. We will serve through intinction, which means you'll be invited to dip a small piece of bread into the um, cup, and if you are seeking a gluten-free option, you can come to the rail. You can also be served at the rail if that is your preference. Um, we are grateful that we can be at the table together as God's church. Let us join in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, it is right, right to give our thanks. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made, us with, made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave to his disciples, and said, Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, 
we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Because there is one loaf, and we who are many are one body, for we all take part, partake in the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a means of sharing in the blood of Christ. Be seated.
I invite you to join me in our prayer after communion, which is found in our bulletin. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Friends, God has once again met us. God has given us blood that will never leave us thirsty and God's own body that will never leave us hungry. Let us go forth from this place in the grace and goodness of God.